Hey there, my name is Cara McClintock and I am the host of the Building a Better Body podcast. I am a certified health coach, a podcaster and the platform for others to share their story. My aim is to get as many experts on the show as possible, be that experts in health, experts in fitness, experts in mind, body and soul, all the good things that make up that better body. I hope you enjoy the show. Season four is brought to you by the sponsor Hunter and Gather. These guys, you know I love them, but I am bringing you an even better offer this season with 20% discount code across all their product range. Personally, I'd like to recommend the MCT oil because it's a brand new product and very exciting. And you can use it to make some amazing bulletproof coffees in order to kickstart your day in a fat burning mood. So if you want to take advantage of their amazing offer, use the discount code KAREN20OFF at checkout over on their site only this time, hunterandgatherfood.com. And if you look at my show notes, there'll be T's and C's for you there too. Hello, fine people. I hope you're having a good day. If you're new around these parts, hey, I'm Karen, your host of the BBB podcast. And this show is really about me finding amazing people to chat to and share their wisdom. So welcome, grab a cuppa, take a seat, and let's get stuck in to episode number 77. Now, I normally record my intros in advance of release, and today's no exception. So this one should be coming your way around about, no, actually on November the 8th, which is great because we are just in time for me to tell you about the live recording of the show that's coming up. Now, this is for local people, I'm afraid. Well, unless you want to make the trip. But uh, Trina Ashton, who you have heard on here before, and myself are doing a bit of a question and answer session at the Ballygally, talking all things health coaching and answering your questions, of course. So it would be amazing, absolutely amazing if you could make it. And if you can't, it will also be recorded and uploaded as a normal show. So you can listen to that in the future anyway. So that will be on the 24th of November. And I'll put all the details in the show notes if you want to check that out too. Now, on to today's show. You will hear my usual guest intro shortly, but I'll expand a little here on our conversation before we begin Leanne Vogel is pretty much the queen of keto, or at the very least, one of the most knowledgeable people on the topic that I've come across. We keep chat pretty light here today. Um, She has a wonderful presence and likable personality, and I think that'll shine through. She's super confident and easy to listen to. You'll hear Leanne discuss her journey with keto and how she's tweaked it to work for her over the years, because we simply aren't all the same. We're, We're built differently, and that's okay. Leanne also used to be a raw vegan so she's made quite the switch and she's brought her health back on track and also stopped certain medications too. We have a lot of fun here and discuss travel and bucking the trend of living a conventional life so without further ado let's dive in. Today on the show I am happy to bring you a very exciting guest. Leanne Vogel is kind of a big deal especially when it comes to helping women with their journey on keto. She is the founder of Healthful Pursuit best-selling author of over 11 health programs, host of the Keto Diet podcast, author of international best-selling paperbacks, The Keto Diet, and the creator of Fat Field Living, a holistic paleo-friendly approach to a ketogenic high-fat diet. Leanne has been in the field of nutrition since receiving her holistic nutrition certification in 2007. She shares free videos, podcasts, recipes, and keto-friendly resources on her blog, healthforpursuit.com. 
whoa, quite the resume or CV as we call it over here. Um, it is such an honor to have Leanne on the show. Uh, hello, Leanne. Yeah, thanks for having me, Karen. Yeah, it's kind of a mouthful. Whenever I hear people introduce me, I'm like, geez, I've done a lot of stuff and I still have so much more to do. <laughs> oh, I like your style. Brilliant. <laughs> um, I didn't leave anything out, did I? <laughs> Uh, no, I'm working on a new paperback book. It comes out in April, 2019. Um, yeah, I think, yeah. I think that's about it, yeah. but I'm sure there are other things. Yeah, I don't of know. Course. We'll talk about your book a little bit later. Cause I've been keeping an eye on that actually. <laughs> oh, good. Okay. Amazing. Thank okay. you so much. You're welcome. So let's, let's dive straight in. Would you like to tell us your story about how you sort of find your sweet spot with keto? Uh, I'm sure you've told this story so many times, but maybe you oh, can carve I, it out differently. You know, <laughs> I love I love sharing it because yeah. there when I first started keto I did the classic keto approach like many of us do this low carb high fat thing I counted all the carbs I weighed all my food I stayed under 20 grams of carbs I went to bed hungry every night I fasted and these are all the things that I thought would help me lose weight and it did I lost weight I looked fabulous but after six months I felt horrible. Yeah. My hair was falling out. I was having a hard time sleeping. I had gone six solid days without sleep. And, um, I was watching my husband eat an Oreo cookie at the kitchen table and I was watching him eat this cookie and his mouth was moving and crumbs were going on the counter. And I was just obsessing over this cookie. I could smell it. I could almost taste it. And then I knew something wasn't right mentally with the way that I had been approaching my diet. And so I kind of came at this space of, okay, either I drop this completely, which many of us get to that space with keto or any diet when it's just not working, because we think if I'm doing everything quote unquote, right. And this is what people tell me I need to do in order to get it right. If I'm not feeling good, then I must be doing it wrong. Therefore I have to push harder or I'm a failure and I'll just quit. And that's kind of the space that I was at of, okay, well, I've lost all this weight on keto. Um, the reason I went keto was to get my hormones back, which, um, I'd kind of lost sight of when I started losing the weight. I had been able to go off my ADHD medication and I thought, well, shoot, if I go back to eating vegan, um, are all those problems just going to come back? Um, but I, I have more problems now. And, and so I kind of came at it of like, okay, well, if I quit, I get these other problems, but if I stay, I'm not sleeping and I'll go crazy. And then I just had this moment of realization of like, wait, I love breaking rules. Why can't I break the rules with this? And so I went back to the drawing board and I started doing a lot of research when it came to what's called a cyclical ketogenic practice. And I, I, it's generally, well, back in 2014, it, there were a lot of, um, papers and things on athletes doing a cyclical ketogenic practice where you know, they eat low carb, high fat for a while, and then they eat carbs and then they eat low, low carb, high fat for a while. And then they eat carbs. And I started doing research on what carbohydrates do in the body, what a lack of carbohydrates do in the body. And I started learning that perhaps maybe the cyclical ketogenic practice could actually help my hormones and help my sleep and help the fact that I was having a hard time fasting for long periods of time, help with the shaking I was experiencing. And, um, so I, I thought, okay, well that's one part of the puzzle. And then Another part was that I really truly wasn't eating enough. And I had this innate fear that if I ate too much, I would gain a lot of weight and I would feel uncomfortable. And so there was a lot of unpacking 
of, of my ideal body shape and what that meant to me and that I had used my body as a currency for so long and how I showed up in my life. Um, so that's taken years and years of a lot of self-reflection in order to push through. So there was not eating enough carbs. I was um, not eating enough and I was forcing myself to fast. And I think back in 2014, it was a very different space than now with keto. There weren't a lot of people doing keto then. Um, and the people that were said that fasting was like the creme de la creme and it, it's, it's part of your keto diet. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and although it can be, what they didn't normally chat about is that it should just come naturally where after you've been eating keto for a while, oop, I just went all day without eating. I guess I'm fasting and that's how it should be. And unfortunately we get stuck up on this okay, well, I'm keto, therefore I fast all of the time. Mm -hmm. And so those were kind of the three things that launching into 2015, I spent a lot of work focusing on those three things. And after uh, working through that for nine months, I ended up getting my period back, which I had been missing for uh, eight years with amenorrhea. So I got my period back, my hormones started to come back online. Um, and that was three years ago last week that I got my period and things couldn't be better now. So it, it definitely took some maneuvering. And I find that so many women could benefit from, you know, sitting down at the drawing board, taking in a bunch of information and you get to decide what you take in and what you leave out. And I don't think a lot of us actually know that. Yeah. Perfect. Thanks so much for sharing that. That's a brilliant insight. It just shows you it's so much more than what you, like you said, what you look like you know, there's a lot more oh. going on under the hood. Horm if hormones are out of whack, that's your report card right there. I, I've, yep. I've been there for sure. Still am sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, did you find that the carbs was the key then to put everything back on track again, just a little bit more? Yeah. I mean, at first, I think I really needed to lower my carbs for those. I think if I would have lowered the carbs to 20 grams um, per day for four months, and then started a cyclical ketogenic practice at that four month period. Oh man, it would have been a totally different ball game. But what happened at that four month period, I started developing symptoms that told me I needed more carbs. And I said, Nope, I don't eat carbs. And that was the problem that I didn't listen to my body. So it's not necessarily, yeah, just eat more carbs. But if you're not paying attention to what your body is clearly telling you, then it's, it, it could be carbs. It could be more fat. It could be no nuts. Maybe you react a lot to nuts. So it's not just one thing. It could be multiple different things. And some people would think that that sounds um, overwhelming, but to me, it's quite freeing that it could be something um, very unique to you. And that's totally fine. But for me, it was very much incorporating that car, the carb ups is what I call them was like the ticket to success for my body and continues to be so. But now three years into having my period and my hormones being on track, I don't need as many carb ups as I did when I was trying to get my period back. When I was trying to get my period back, it was every day. Now it's twice a month. Mm -hmm. So it, it changes as you adapt. And that's a good thing. I was going to ask you, do you know, does a carb up look like kind of all your carbs at night? Or is it like you say, just twice a, do you go crazy? Are you like, <laughs> no, I'm not a crazy, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a crazy gal. And I think anyone who's dealt with disordered eating or just a blistered relationship with food. If you're given a all day pass to cheat day and you have that relationship with that of like, I'm a cheat. Usually those cheat days, quote unquote. And I hate that's that C word. It's horrible. Same, same. Um, mm -hmm. 
yeah, it just, it sets you up for complete failure, feeling miserable. Um, if you deal with depression, anxiety, panic, um, it can bring on a lot of those feelings as well. So I just give my, myself a permission slip to eat carbs when it feels good or when I need it. And I know that my body and many other women's bodies respond well to eat low carb, high fat throughout the day. Mm. And at night, just prepare some carbohydrates. So instead of having, you know, um, um, chicken thighs with the skin and roasted broccoli with a ton of coconut oil on it and maybe a fat bomb for dessert yeah. is what I would normally have for a keto dinner. Uh, with a carb up, it would be a chicken breast cooked in a little bit of oil mm -hmm. and broccoli with not a lot of oil and a sweet potato. So I'm having, you know, I'm, I'm swapping out some of those fats that I would generally have with carbohydrates and yeah that would be different. You know, now my carbohydrate, my carb ups are quite large because I'm only doing them twice a month. So, um, for example, a carb up that I did a couple of weeks ago, uh, my husband and I ordered gluten-free pizza and I ate a huge pizza and that'll, that'll be good for a while. But generally if my big carb ups are something not so special, like a pizza, I'll eat like, I don't know, a sweet potato and then make like a dessert with, I don't know, a baked apple for dessert. Um, so it really depends on what you're, what you're wanting to do and you have options. Because you've been playing with it for so long, you, you can understand what you have to do. And I guess some people are on different paths in their whole story. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've, I'm always tweaking. I, I make myself and my partner a um, gluten-free pizza once a week and I absolutely love it. And I always sleep yeah. really, really well after it. I bet you do that yeah. tryptophan and serotonin boost and also resets your leptin. So the next morning you might find like you fast a lot longer and it's a lot easier. So there are many benefits to, um, boosting up those carbs. And like you said, if you haven't been tweaking with your body, you're going to be listening to this episode being like, well, that's crazy. I don't know what my body wants. And that's yeah. why there are resources. Um, like for example, my book, the keto diet outlines, try this and then try this and do this and if this doesn't work I think it's really important to kind of follow those things if you're totally clueless about what we're talking about and then you start to get a sense of ew I hated having a baked apple I had the worst sleep okay then you know baked apples aren't your thing congratulations yeah exactly. um, so it is a process I mean you can take on board all this advice but I, I don't know how many times on this podcast I've said listen to your body and guests have said listen to your body but you wonder if it's actually hitting home to people because they'll read something online and go oh this is what I need to do this is the next fad diet or whatever because everybody's doing it but if you feel like a sack of potatoes when you wake up in the morning <laughs> something's not right yeah, the listen to your body thing is really hard. And I used to roll my eyes at it. So I totally understand if there's somebody listening or multiple people listening that are like, listen to your body, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> there are many, like if, if, if I could go back in time and look for resources where practitioners like myself and perhaps you, Karen, of just creating content where um, we allow people to to have that space to listen to your body. And we will outline like step one, two, three, and try step one, two, three, but you might get to step three and be like, nah, that doesn't really feel right to me. Don't do it. And that's listening to your body. So I think it's really important to just align yourself with practitioners that have that, that hold that space for you, as opposed to practitioners that say, nope, follow these five steps. And there are many practitioners out there that do this, follow these five steps. And if you successfully hit all of these five steps, you will hit success. Yeah. And if you, if you don't try harder and 
that doesn't create that space of allowing you to learn how to listen to your body. And that's the difference. Of course. I, I'm quite, ex I'm quite geeky and I love the idea of getting genetic tests done because it's all about genetics as well. You know, what suits your genes and what genes are going to get turned on and off because of your past history and family history and things like that. I don't know if you've ever had anything like that done. I think you might've talked about it before on your show about getting different genetic testing done. Would that be right? Yeah. I would love to yeah. get genetic testing, but I'm the type of person that if I find out that perhaps I have the gene for Alzheimer's, mm. I will go down a spiral of the fact that I'm going to get Alzheimer's next year and die. Like I just, I, <laughs> there's no, yeah. yeah, I can't, I can't go down that path. Um, sure. my husband, Kevin totally can, um, we're getting him, um, tested in December and I'm, I'm really excited to see that and, and to work with a doctor on that. And it'll be, um, in his, in his area, but I, I can't do it for myself. I'll be a hot wreck. It's just the way I am. Yeah. Well, you've, you've, it's very self-aware. It's good that you can say yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> hey there, Karen here. Just a little interlude mid show. Today's show is also brought to you by Mrs. Organics. Mrs. Organics is a brand that have created some wonderful organic products for your skin. You know, what we put on our bodies is just as important as what we put in our mouths. Carol, the brand creator, has a whole host of different products for men and women. Personally, I'm getting stuck into the sleep bath because it helps me drift off to the land of Nod just nicely. If you fancy treating yourself today, hop on over to MrsOrganics.com. Now that is M-R-S-R-G-A-N-I-C-S.com and use the discount code KAREN10OFF at checkout and you'll get a direct link to that in my show notes as well. Um, so we did, you did touch upon hormones a little bit there, but, and I said it is your sort of report card. What other tweaks would you sort of maybe recommend if people feel like something's a little bit off? Is it as simple as just throw in more carbs? Ooh, okay. So if you've been eating keto, I mean, there's so many things. Okay. So yeah. if you've been eating, if you've been eating keto for say 30 days and you notice that you're feeling a little bit off, it could be that you don't have enough electrolytes. So, um, you know, supplementing with electrolyte powder of some sort, um, or you can make your own electrolyte drink with, um, fresh lemon juice, um, Himalayan rock salt and, um, aloe vera juice. If you have gut imbalances, that can be really helpful to add in there. Um, you could also drink coconut water, but it's a little bit high in carbohydrates and could set you off. It depends on your body. Sure. Um, now, if you've been eating keto for six months and you're feeling a little bit off, now it, it again could be electrolytes because sometimes we get a little bit slack and we change some stuff and then all of a sudden we're lacking in electrolytes. So again, check your electrolytes. Um, you can also get it from having greens and nuts and seeds and just adding variety and whole foods to your eating style. And that's another thing. After six months, if you're constipated or um, you notice rashes or um, those sorts of things, it could be that you're not eating enough whole foods. So looking at your looking at your keto and if all you're eating is bacon and butter, well, yeah, you're probably not going to feel very good. Um, so incorporating greens, not being fearful. I always say I don't count my kale. And <laughs> so if you want to have some kale with dinner, maybe just grab a handful and have that. But, yeah. um, if you're six months in and your energy is waning, you're craving carbohydrates, maybe perhaps you've even had a binge in the last week and you just can't seem to quote unquote, get back on plan. Mm. Well, yeah, you probably needed carbohydrates. So those binges are generally because you're feeling restricted and that deprivation causes, um, 
binge like behavior. And so if you're feeling deprived, um, um, listening to podcasts that encourage you to, um, be more self-aware of your body. One of my favorites is from, um, summer in and in, if you just Google summer in and in, uh, it'll pop up. Um, her podcast is awesome for just listening to your body and um, respecting yourself and your body at the same time as incorporating a couple of carbohydrates and just seeing how you feel with that. So there are a lot of little tweaks, but those are a couple that um, come to mind that are common. It, it, like I've said before in the past, it's about learning to love your body and treat it like you love it, not hate it, which so many of us have done in the past. <laughs> yeah. I and I'll be told that sometimes. I think it's hard, like the concept of love your body. I mean, I don't love my body. Uh, there are days where I very much don't love my body, but I respect it and I accept it. And I think that's, that's a lot easier a pill to swallow than you must love your body. It's like, ooh, but I hate my thighs. I don't like the way they touch here. And my ears look weird when my, my hair is behind it. We're not talking about that. It's like, just respect respect your body and that that we can get behind and then the love I mean it comes and goes depending on the time but I feel like acceptance and respect is like okay I, I can do that I can I can handle that yeah, I like that respect your body that's that's a tagline for the show today I like it okay yeah, deal, deal. <laughs> um just to change it up a bit what would you say was your main focus um whenever you started healthy pursuit was it sort of I've come to a sweet spot in my life and I want to share and help other people. Was that kind of the, the main? Oh, thing? not at all. <laughs> <laughs> no. So I started healthful pursuit. Um, my dad actually came up with a name because he knows the type of person I am. And at the time I was a raw vegan yeah. and he said, you know, Leanne, you change your life a lot. You're a different human. Every time I see you every week, your hair is always changing. I feel like if you commit to a raw vegan website, you'll regret that because it'll change. So he said, well, what about, you know, you, you pursue life. you you know, I'm very, I, I like to change often. I feel like I might be a new soul and that I just need to like grasp onto everything and, and try everything a little bit once. So, um, healthful pursuit was just a way for me to share the pursuit of my own health and knowing that it will constantly change and evolve. So when I started healthful pursuit, it was because I was sick and tired of friends and family asking me for health advice. <laughs> and yeah. I just wanted to start a blog saying, yeah, just go to healthfulpursuit.com. It's there. Just go to healthfulpursuit.com. It's there. And I really didn't think it was going to become a full-time job. I had a full-time job that I loved working as a marketing um, program manager at an online payments company. I was happy. I liked it, but then I fell in love with healthful pursuit so much more. So in 2012, I quit my job making what Healthful Pursuit was making, I think $500 a month then Canadian, 500 Canadian dollars a month. Right. I'll have to convert and, that. <laughs> <laughs> not a lot of money. Yeah. Um, and, and I just said, you know, I, I need to take a chance. I need, I, I have something to share and I didn't, I didn't know what I needed to share then. I still hadn't found my voice. Um, cause I still had so much more healing to do for myself and over the years of healing my body and just, working on my mental health. Um, I now have a very strong sense of what I want to share and how I want to share it, but it's definitely evolved over the last, 
I guess, 10 years, 10 years. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. It just dawned on you there now. How long? Yeah. Been? 10 years. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, I guess it's, it's very clear to me that it's born out of a, a passion and that's probably why it's working so well for you. Those are, those are the best ways to, to make things work. It's coming from a passionate, not a kind of monetary side of things, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think if, it's hard because when you're working from home and, you know, we travel full time and we don't, I don't get to connect with as many humans as I want to on a daily basis. And that was one of the reasons why I wanted to start the podcast to start injecting my life with more connection. Um, and there is nothing more nourishing than going on tour. I went on three separate book tours for my first paperback because I just love meeting with people and there's nothing like getting re-energized from those women and a couple of amazing men that come to those events and they just there's just something about their energy and then I just want to do more be more serve more to help these individuals and encourage them to be their own health advocate so yeah there's there's a lot of passion there for them awesome you're doing a lot of connecting with the community that way and and I just I know that'll light you up it it would light me up as well we don't really do book tours over here or it feels like um when I follow you guys um even in Canada and America there's always a book tour on any people that I follow but it doesn't seem to happen so much over here I don't know what that is um I guess there's like us going over there type of thing or just anybody here who's brought out a book I don't see people taking it on tour or maybe I'm just not seeing it but um maybe it's something to do with America and Canada where there's loads of states you can go and visit whereas here it's kind of one country and then you got to go totally somewhere else (laughs) and it's so expensive and it's so challenging to work with the bookstores I was I really, really, really want to do a Germany tour. Um, My husband's from Germany. Um, He speaks fluent German. And I just thought it would be so fun to do a full German tour. And he could translate for me. And it's it's so hard to plan. It's so much easier in the U.S. Even Canada is challenging. Like, I think I'm one of the only victory belt authors that have been to so many Canadian spots just because I am Canadian. Um, but it is, it is a hard, it is hard to plan those. It is very challenging. Have you been, have you been to Germany before? Yeah. 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 Yep. A couple of times. I love it so much. I love traveling. I just love meeting new people and hearing new things and stories. And I, yeah, it totally enriches your life. If, if you love traveling, some people don't, I don't understand it, but (laughs) I I love Germany. I I love, I've been to Berlin. Amazing city. I'm sure you've been. Oh, yes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I got lost by complete accident there for a a day and a half. I had my luggage and I didn't know where I was and my Uh phone died. It was a great experience. (laughs) Story to tell. You've got a story to tell. Yeah. Um, But super, super um, creative and artistic and lots of galleries. I loved all that side Mm -hmm. of things. And the food is amazing. Did you? uh, I can't remember if I was kind of high, high fat, low carb then or not, but did you ever have Tafelspit? What is that? It's just like a big bowl of beef. No, I haven't. But my favorite thing is pork knuckle and they just roast it forever and they'll just give you an entire foot to chew on. And that is, <laughs> that is probably, it is so fatty. It is so good. I mean, every time I go, we go to Oktoberfest often and oh, awesome. that is the first place I go and I'm just chowing down on that knuckle nice. for hours. <laughs> Brilliant. I take it you're not drinking a lot of beer though. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I do really love Fedeweiser and it's not keto whatsoever. It's quite sweet, but right. it only comes out during Oktoberfest and it's, it's like 
it almost tastes similar to kombucha, but it has way more alcohol. It's it's really good stuff. Yeah. I was talking to a girl from Diet Doctor the other week and, and we were talking about travel and then really just immersion in the culture and just eating whatever they eat just as a celebration and, and yeah. go with it and you'll probably be okay, you know? Yeah, you're fine. It's part of it. It's part of the life experience. It's part of it. Brilliant. Now I want to go to Germany again. Oh, me too. Darn. <laughs> Can you speak any German yourself? I went to school for it for about a year. Um, when I first met Kevin, uh, seven, uh, it was probably seven years ago. And I learned some stuff, but the school was really far away. And then I just stopped going. I yeah. feel really bad about it, but hey. <laughs> it's difficult. I did it for one year in school and I can say V Gates and that's about it. <laughs> Yes, awesome. Yes. <laughs> and I am 13 years old, I can say that, because that's yeah. the last time I did it. <laughs> I like that. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. No, it is, it's a difficult language to learn, but um, it's quite satisfying as well or something. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> um, I followed you actually for a while on Instagram, and you used to live in an RV, or as, I, as we would call it here, a camper van. <laughs> yeah. Are you yeah. in a, a boat now? Is that right? Yeah, it's true. <laughs> I love um, it. <laughs> We uh we we moved into an RV. Um, what was it? We sold our house and all all of our worldly possessions about two years ago, and then moved into the RV, um, a camper van. Definitely, that's the equivalent in Europe. Only you guys don't have such huge camper vans that we have. Like this was forty feet. I don't know how many meters that is. Uh, uh, ask Siri. I don't know. I'm not sure. Yeah, how many meters <laughs> is forty feet? Yeah. Um, but um. Yeah, so we moved in there and we really, really loved it. But we kind of got to the point where it's like, okay, well, we've done, we've done the U.S., we've done Canada, and what, what do we want to do now? We want to go around the world. And um, we thought about developing a expedition vehicle that could go to all sorts of places. But we have dogs, and shipping dogs to different locations is really hard on them. And shipping a vehicle, shipping the dogs, taking flights, like it felt very heavy. And so that's how we landed on a boat. Originally, we wanted a motorboat because that would have been easier because you don't need lessons. You just start an engine like you would a car and go. But yeah. you're talking thirty to $40,000 a year in diesel fuel. And mm -hmm. even the diesel that's going in the ocean, and that really didn't feel good for us. So we ended up with a sailboat. And neither of us have sailed. We have no idea what we're doing. So <laughs> it's definitely been a learning experience. And I think um, I we chose... We chose this nomadic life um, because you never really know what's going to happen tomorrow. And we were living in a beautiful house that we built together and we loved it and we loved our neighbors and we loved our life. But I knew exactly how my life was going to be forever. You know, like 20 years from now, I know what I'm going to be doing. 30, 40, 50, it's going to be the same. And if I were to get sick or Kevin were to pass away or anything, I, I would really regret not being, not taking more risks. And so that's how it all kind of happened of how far can we push this? And worst case scenario, you know, we've sold our house and all our worldly possessions. We just find another house and build another life. Like it's not, it's not the end of the world. It might not be the way that it was because all these things cost money and you're definitely losing money. Every time you sell an RV, you're losing money but it's really I've learned that it's so much more about just that experience of life and I, I don't want to look back on life and be like shoot yeah. I wish I would have taken more risks and I wouldn't have been able to make this decision if it hadn't been for the work I did and just building my own confidence and yeah. and and believing in myself there's no way I would have been comfortable with 
choosing this sort of lifestyle at all. And it's, it's hard. It's, you know, I, I watch a lot of people on Instagram. I'm like, Oh my gosh, you live in a boat. That's so cute. You must have the best life. What they don't (laughs) tell you is it's a full-time job. You are always working on the boat. There's always something broken and sometimes you can't fix it yourself. So then you're hiring people and it costs money and it's, it adds a whole other layer. So you really have to be committed and it's not for everybody, but you don't know until you try. Right. And now, now we know what it's like to live in an RV. We know what it's like to tour the country and now we're going to know what it's like to try to sail and figure that out. I'm so inspired. I want to put our house up for sale right now. (laughs) 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 It's dangerous. No, but I, I, I have always had the travel bug and I've always had a problem with conforming, but I've kind of conformed a little bit and I'm starting to get a bit itchy feet. And um, yeah. I follow these guys. I was talking about them a few weeks ago. Uh, World Pounding, they're called on Instagram. And it's a okay. husband and wife and they've got two kids. And they've been traveling now permanently in an RV for five years. Um, wow. And it's just an amazing story to follow. They do this sort of, they do homeschooling, but they do classes online. And the girl has, the little girl has started her own book club online. So she's literally started her own business. It's just so oh fascinating. Gosh. Yeah, it's brilliant to watch. Um, and they make money. I don't know how they make money. They add, they um, do like drone videos and they give advice for other people who want to travel and bring all these communities together. It's just, they, you got to check them out. They're so brilliant. They're called World. What is it called? World Towning. T-O-W-N-I-N-G. Okay. Yeah. Very oh my nice. gosh. Okay. Looking them up. Yeah. <laughs> That's so cool. And it's, it's really interesting to see children that have grown up traveling. We've met a couple of families that have multiple children, like anywhere from three to 11 kids living in an RV or mm-hmm. in a boat. And these children are so different than other children we've met that go to traditional schools. They ask very amazing questions they know a lot about the world that I sure as heck didn't know still don't know I mean Mm. I'm learning from these kids every day and yeah a lot of them have their own businesses like I met one kid who started up a Lego business and he makes uh, Lego packs for people and um, draws out different Lego um, uh, like buildings and things you can make with these kits and then puts the kits together and give and sells it to kids and I just like what seven year old child has their own business like that. And he made like, uh, I think it was $1,100 a month wow. on his little business. I think that's just it's so cool. Awesome. Cause you would think they would be a bit more um, reserved, but they're not at all. These ones are going all around Europe, but they're American, but they're going around Europe at the minute and they're going to Auschwitz and they're getting really educated in history and they're just amazing to watch and yeah it's, yeah it's very inspiring you think it's almost not real but these are real people out there doing this <laughs> yeah and and the kids just thrive in that environment I think it depends on the child yeah. um but I think it also depends on the parent and and the relationship you have with your kids and the outlook that you're taking I if I were Kevin and I always chat about this we do not want children but if we were to have children I think it's such an amazing space to raise children in that different environment yeah brilliant oh that's taken a spin hasn't it away from keto i love it <laughs> it's <laughs> so true let's, let's bring it back you're working on a new cookbook um very excited and i saw a little sneak peek your what was that? macadamia nut crack crack nut bar or something wow oh, love it love macadamia i nuts. me too <laughs> <laughs> very cool what what sort of sweetener would you use in that so uh, this book is very different than my first book, The Keto Diet, in that 
With the keto diet, I thought that what people needed in recipes was variety of ingredients. So I used a lot of different ingredients. Like for sweeteners, I used stevia, erythritol, xylitol. Um, I I, did I talk about allulose in that book? I can't remember, but there were a bunch of different types of sweeteners. And when I asked the healthful pursuit community, like, what do you guys want in the next book? Uh, everybody said consistency. So they, I asked them what, what sweeteners do you want? And everyone said erythritol and maybe stevia. So, um, all of the, all of the recipes say, here's how to sweeten with erythritol. Here's how to sweeten with stevia. So there's no instructions for xylitol or anything like that. I just chose those two. So those bars uh, were made with erythritol because it needed the sticky sweetener as opposed to stevia. And then the fat, I was surprised. Everyone wanted um, coconut oil or avocado oil. No lard, no tallow, no bacon grease. So I I kind of adjusted for that and gave people options. Um, So, yeah, it's it's nice to learn what people actually want and what they need and then adjust for that. It's called The Keto Diet Cookbook. I know, original. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that'll be be searchable, uh, no problem, on the web. Yeah, exactly. And how are you coming along with it? Are you nearly finished? Uh, yeah, actually, um, all the recipes are done. Uh, the front matter is done. Um, there's a bunch of editing that needs to happen. Um, so we're just in the editing process now. It gives me about, it's. Um, I don't know when the show's going live, but uh, it's October 12th today. It gives me about two weeks to like do other business stuff before I start writing my next book which will be my third book. Uh, I'm crazy. I don't know why I agreed to do that. I do know why I agreed to do this. I've wanted to write this book for a really long time. It's a super secret project. um, And I'll be announcing it probably in January, I think. I love that you're not even finished this one and you're already on to the next one. (laughs) Yeah, well, the second one was sort of like I needed to get through it to get to the third. And the third one's real. I'm really excited about it. But developing the recipes for the second book and the process that I took in planning. Like I started planning the recipes back in May and took about five months to like May, June, July, August, September. Yeah. Five months to develop the recipes and really plan out the concepts behind it. I am in love with these recipes so much more than the first book. Uh, I just, each one gets me really excited. And the first book, they were good, but these ones are like, really good <laughs> i love that you've listened listen to what people want because that's so important isn't it whenever you're going to create a book it's for all very yeah. well doing something that you love but if nobody else is interested it's not going to sell <laughs> yeah and and you do need to take risks like um yeah. there's i'm i'm structuring the book a little bit differently than most cookbooks and the publisher is like mm, i don't know if we should do this but i'm thinking as as a user um on keto i really like knowing like how heavy a meal is going to be. So each, each recipe comes with a small, medium, large, or gigantic rating. And so you can start meal planning your own. If you know that, um, you need to eat say 1500 calories and I don't like using calories, but let's be honest, we all kind of fit in a certain space where we feel best. So Mm -hmm. if you know that you want to be kind of around 1500 calories and you want calorie variance, which means you're allowing your metabolism to adjust to, an ups like an increase or decrease of about 20% of your calories every day. So you're not always at 1500 calories, but you even out there, you would be two smalls, one medium a day. Mm -hmm. And you just choose two small recipes, one medium, and you build out your own meal plan. So um, it's something that 
I've been doing for years, this whole strategy for my own. Um, so we'll see if people like it or if they think it's crazy. I don't know. We'll see. I'm liking the sound of it. <laughs> okay, I, cool. <laughs> I often wonder when people are doing recipes like this, do they have a ridiculous amount of ingredients lying around? Well, and you're on a, if you're on a boat, are you not a bit restricted for space as well? Oh my gosh. Well, I limited it to a certain list of ingredients and that was what was really helpful too. It's like, well, I only have bell pepper. I guess I'm not using zucchini in this recipe. So, um, yeah, I tried to keep it like super simple, but you're right. You, when you're writing a book, you have ingredients every, like everywhere, everywhere. They were all in the bilges of the boat, which is like the very bottom of the boat. And I'm like telling Kevin, my husband to go get me the cacao powder. It's in the second bilge under the bunk bed. <laughs> so yeah, it's Very crazy. Cool. cool. So Leanne, I, don't, I want to be mindful of your time. Finally, uh, I ask everyone this question. If you could give our listeners one final thought for today, one Leanne nugget that can, they can incorporate into their lives in order to build that better body, what would that be today? You can have two Ooh. if you want. Oh, yeah. Okay. Something that I started practicing a couple months ago that I think everyone should at least try is building up your mitochondria and, and making it, them stronger. And your mitochondria is the energy center of your cells and goes further to the energy center of your entire body. Mm -hmm. And so it's really important that if we are feeling just slow and tired, brain fog, um, it's harder to get up. Maybe we have inflammation in the morning, go outside before 10 AM in the morning and either stand on the ground or lay on the ground or do yoga for like 10 minutes, like just 10. I'll even take five minutes, mm -hmm. even just sit there, just get outside and allow your retina of your eyes, like without glasses or contacts on to like soak up that, that sun. We are very much like plants in a way of building up our energy. And if you can just get outside in those first couple of minutes of your day and soak up that sun, you'll be amazed at the difference it will make not only in just your energy, but also your ability to stay on your ketogenic diet and actually build up more ketones a lot quicker than if you're constantly stuck inside and staring outside a window doesn't help. <laughs> you need to be like outside, outside in the sun, five to 10 minutes a day. It does wonders. So that's something I would recommend that everyone at least try. You're lucky to get some here, but no, no, I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> yeah. Even if, even if there's cloud cover, it still works. Any yeah. amount of that UV, even if there is cloud cover, I mean, here today, there's no sun either, but, yeah. um, I still did it this morning. Um, and it's also about practice, you know, just having that practice and it becomes second nature is yeah. really important. We had a pretty good summer and I did, did actually um, spend a lot of time trying to do the whole barefoot walking about on the grass. Um, mm. If my head felt a bit fuzzy, I found that that just cleared it. It was absolutely amazing, the effect that it had on my body. Yeah, I, I didn't know this. A couple of years ago, I started working on grounding. You can actually just take dirt and put it in a like Rubbermaid container and also use just dirt. <laughs> <laughs> like if you're in an apartment or yeah. you live on a boat and there's no land, um, yeah. dirt in a bucket works dirt well too. A, you need to put that on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, I probably will. Yeah. Just grinding today. Yeah. <laughs> have you read uh, Headstrong by Dia Vasprey? I have not. Oh, have I? Maybe. No, I haven't. I have it on my phone, but I haven't read it yet. I, I read it. I can't even remember what all's in it, but no, it is um, very mitochondria uh, centered because he's big on on activating his mitochondria and you know he's always hacking this that and the other but no it's a very good read just to yeah be aware of things you're not even you wouldn't even have a clue about you know 
Yeah. I mean, he goes so deep into it. Every time I read his books or stuff, I get really overwhelmed because there's so many things I need to do. So I, I just piece it together of like, I'm just going to be in the sun. Yeah. <laughs> one thing at a time. And it's free. <laughs> exactly. He's got another one coming out in uh, January, I think. Um, what is it called? I actually, I think I might've pre-ordered it. It's not really bad already. <laughs> you don't even know what it's called. Don't even okay. know what it's, called. it's called Game Changers. Um, okay. What, uh, what leaders, innovators, and mavericks do to win at life? <laughs> oh. So maybe he's, he's changed it a bit. It may not be so uh, health related, but yeah, that should be a good one. Okay, I can't yeah. wait. That's really <laughs> awesome. I love reading. I love learning. There's so much out there that we don't understand yet. So it's it's cool to keep keep up with it. Awesome. Well, thanks very much, Leanne, for sharing that with me. Um, before you go, what is the best place, or where is the best place for people to find you on the web? Yeah. So you can go to healthfulpursuit.com. Um, I'm also on Instagram, healthful pursuit. I have a podcast called the keto diet podcast mm -hmm. and, uh, my book is called the keto diet. It's in a lot of bookstores, depending on where you're located. It's also on Amazon. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's like all, I'm sure I forgot a billion other things. I'm also on YouTube, healthful pursuit. Even if you search the keto diet, you'll find it. Sure. I think that's about it. Brilliant. I will put all of those in the show notes. I do like a good set of show notes, show notes myself. <laughs> yeah. Show notes are awesome. I don't think people value how I much know. time and energy goes into show notes and how many good little nuggets are in there. So definitely check out the show exactly. notes of today's show. So, uh, Leanne, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I really enjoyed that and hope it didn't keep you too long. <laughs> no, this is great. Thank you so, so much for having me, Karen. This is a great conversation. Thank You're you. You're welcome. No worries. Thank you so much, as always, for listening, guys. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you have any questions, send them along to info at karmaclintock.co.uk. And if you want to support the show, you can head on over to karmaclintock.co.uk forward slash support. And it would be awesome if you could leave me an iTunes review as well. Thank you.